And we are back and off topic. We've got a kind of a panel set up today. We've got the rejects, Reed Bentley and John Wayne Murdoch, and referee man bun, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Take us a time out of your Sunday evening. How is everyone? Uh, doing good. How you doing, man? I appreciate you having me. We're going to have to iron that out because everybody wants to talk It's going to sound amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think after like four voices, Skype starts to like lose its mind. So we're yeah. going to have to do like a, a take, a, take a very long pause after you're done with what you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Gonna, yeah. John's okay. He's here. He didn't jump in, but he's okay. He feels good. Just finger gunned at the phone. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so first off, uh, and, and I'm Mike. I'm here also. Oh, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike's here. I yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my it's son right. Mike is in the background as well, and he he thinks I just introed him. So uh, <laughs> he's watching Blazing the Monster Machines while we're talking. So nice. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, you guys actually met Mike at the uh, at the show in uh, Illinois. No, I haven't met Mike yet. Um, uh, but I think did I meet you at the Resistance Pro show, Max? Yeah, my, my yeah. son was with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his yeah. son, I think his son's yeah. name is Mike. Mike. Oh, 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 gotcha. Okay, I thought we were talking about you, Mike, but uh, the other Mike. Okay, cool. We got two Mikes. <laughs> and, a, and a quick story, real quick. If anybody's oh, gonna be in Atlantic Mike. City in June, I'll be there. Awesome. awesome. And a quick story. Reed and Tremont actually broke my live deathmatch cherry. Uh, I saw them at the GCW show in Summit or in Chicago. Uh, That's true. I, I was 400 yeah, degrees. That was me. 100. percent Yep. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Too. Shout out to the late great Luke Perry uh, was there yeah. and watched that match. And I've just been telling everybody about that because. Uh, you know, I had a Hollywood A-lister marking out for my match. You know, so uh, best show no one's yeah, best show that nobody's best show nobody's ever best seen. Um, and I actually, uh, really quick, I um, had told Reed I was listening to uh, Xbox podcast last week, and he had uh, Roy Carp, who is the director of the Thirty or the Ric Flair um, yeah. documentary and all that, and he um, he actually had mentioned. On that on Xbox podcast, how much he loved Reed Bentley and uh, and Tremont's match, um, and so that was pretty cool because I let Reed know when I saw him on Friday at the arena, and I was like, "Yo, dude, it was crazy because they mentioned your name on Xbox podcast, and I marked out." You know what I mean? Man, he he uh, was uh he was just such a like uh <laughs> like a dude who was like full of life, you know, like mm-hmm. it just seemed like he everybody who's talked about him or everybody who had. An experience with him like you know mostly outside of wrestling or if they met him you know through his son like he was just like he loved it you know like, it wasn't just something he was there to like he was just supporting his son or whatever like he you know he really dug it like he dug he just seemed to be the kind of dude who was just happy about life man so yeah they yeah, said yeah, how he used to go to wcw shows back in the day and yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he talked about his memory of watching it when his grandfather was little so that's really cool they said he was always backstage at wcw and occasionally you'd catch him at wwe and he was you know oh, going yeah. with his boy all over so it's just so sad so young just a shame yeah, man. absolutely absolutely 
Well, that was a depressing start. So, right. uh, <laughs> go ahead. I was just all over everything. Reed. There dinner. we go. I was just literally at a birthday lunch today, where somebody, uh, where somebody, <laughs> as the birthday girl who's twelve, was opening one of her gifts. Uh, her grandmother had to say, "Oh, you'll." Ma-, they were making fun of her birthday card because she always writes the same exact message. And she was like, oh, you'll miss that one day when I'm not here to give you those birthday cards. Oh, and it was just like a big fucking knife right between the fourth and fifth rib of the party. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm frequently a part of some very depressing things. Hey. That's how you know you're alive, right? Yeah. Hey, sometimes you got to be a little dark, you know. Right. <laughs> so, um, Mike. You there? I am here. Where did... Uh, well, I'll kind of let you steer first. I've got some stuff written down for everybody, but I kind of forgot to introduce you, so <laughs> I feel that's, bad. So let's let you... That's okay. Kind of no more, drive no for more, 10 minutes. No more fucking intros for you. Right? But, uh, <laughs> you'll be doing the outros from now on. No. The silent ones. Just, just kidding. Uh, I'll start out real quick. Uh, you know, I haven't talked to uh, everybody in a while. I'll just go around real quick. Uh you know, uh, what do you got going on? Uh, I'll talk to the rejects first. I'll talk to uh, Reed and uh, John. Uh, what do you got, guys got coming up? I know you. I see your faces all over for a lot of different tournaments and shows. Tell me uh, what we can see and what's going on. Uh, we got a few shows coming up. We just had uh, PPW Paradigm on Friday night. Um, three of the people on this phone call were all involved in that match. <laughs> right. So, um, we just had it was a 30 minute Iron Man match. Uh, I think we ended up doing about 45 minutes total once everything was all said and done with IFHY. So much fun! Thank you, man. Yeah, we we had a lot of fun. It was a big match. There was a lot of emotion behind it. A lot of you know several months building to it. You know, um, so yeah. And I ref that match. I I refereed that match. Yeah, (laughs) the the in the ring referee, and then we had to have an outside of the ring referee too because we're all psychic. Because the rejects are crazy, you know. Yeah, (laughs) man. We uh, and then we leave for Mexico Thursday night. We have uh, NGX. We went down for Zona Twenty Three last time. Doing NGX this time, Um, so we're pretty hyped about that. Tell Umberto I said hello. The next weekend after that, we've got. a little show you guys might know. It's called WrestleMania. Um, we'll be in the main event. Right. Working work Triple H and Nash, right? <laughs> yeah, that's us, man. You guys are going to run in on Ronda Rousey's match? <laughs> <laughs> in the main event? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not going to get my arm broke. I'm okay. I'll probably just watch it, you know, from home on the television. I'd mark uh, out. That'd be awesome. Be the best WrestleMania moment ever. Did we just get his arm ripped then. off? Well, you guys jump in the ring with brother. That's hurting myself. Is yeah, all go for I got. Becky first. You got a better chance. Go for Becky or Charlotte. We, we uh, the next week we have Corey Storm. Young Corey Storm uh, is throwing a show for his birthday at the aforementioned arena. So it's going to have a lot of good brothers on it. All of the, nice. you know, your usual arena cast of crew. The day after that, um, we're doing on April thirteenth a show. If anybody listens in Ohio. Um, uh, called Wrestling Mania uh, for my buddy GK. It's a yearly charity show he does for the Norwood Youth Wrestling Group, the like amateur wrestling group. So um, we're going to go there. Really good cause. Um, 
and uh you know sean if you want to come with us man you know i know we're live right now but if you want to come and hang out um sure, sure they could use a ref probably so if you want to you know, got anything going uh, on uh, yeah Nah, yeah, I got I got some that date, so uh, yeah. but you know I would though. <laughs> so. Yeah, and we, uh, yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. We have resistance this month as well. Um, again, at the end of the month, I think uh, PPW, all you know, some. You go to GCW in Chicago, yeah. GCW in Chicago in May, California in June. Train wreck wrestling down in Tennessee in May at one point or another. Uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to be involved with uh, ARW too in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, we'll be very uh, excited about that. Well, John is. Yeah. Reed hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, yeah but he, we all know. Come on, yeah. Man, no matter of time, one of us goes somewhere without right. the other one, unless or, it's VOW. Yeah, unless it's <laughs> I, I, I talked to, I interviewed yeah, Gary last night, so there'll be some uh, announcements on the podcast later this week. You have to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, he, he's definitely probably going to be a lot for it. Most definitely. Uh, you heard it here first. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a first deathmatch tournament. How long, Reed? Like 12 years. First deathmatch tournament in Indianapolis, I believe, in 12 years. So I think they have a good shot to uh, do very well. So First one in 12 days. <laughs> and that's what I and that's what I want to say. If anybody's listening in the area, like, if you want more of this, support the first one. There's no yep. way there's going to be a second one. There's not going to be any more if if this doesn't turn out good. So hey, what date is that? What, what date is that? What date is that? That is uh, 19th of May. Yeah. No, May 19th. May 19th. He's yeah. got another show going the 31st. Uh, wasn't May 19th? Wasn't that the date that um, that Kane kept repeating over and over yes. again? Uh, May 19th. May 19th. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think that cool. show's going to do very well. What's cool with those shows, too, is he does them on a Sunday afternoon. I think the bell time's four. You'll probably be out of there by eight. And Indianapolis is close to everything, guys. Um, you know, you can jump on 65, 94. Uh, you, if, if you literally live in the it's Midwest, not close to upstate New York, it is not close to upstate New York, <laughs> but if you literally li- live within the area that we call the Midwest and you don't go to this show, but you want to bitch about that. There's not enough death, good quality, death heavy shows. You don't get that right. This is a show. It's going to be centrally located as you can get close to Chicago, close to all major Ohio metropolitans, close to Louisville, Lexington, not far from. Even Nashville is not a bad drive to Indianapolis. You know? Hey guys, really, wow. quick, really quick, time out. Is that the show that just uh, announced Isaiah? Yeah, yeah, that's yep. it. All right, I'll probably end up seeing you guys at that. <laughs> so, yeah, we and I just actually, found out we're actually doing. We'll be doing a live podcast. Yep, Max before be the show there for a live podcast. Yeah, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'll be tracking all you guys down before, and then when you're bleeding profusely, I'll have you sit back down and. Gary was very nice to us, the uh, promoter. Sean, if you're bleeding, we'll definitely want to talk about that. Shout out to I Gary, the AWR promoter. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely looking forward to June 1st. We're back in California for, uh, it's not Bloody Brothers anymore. It's Crimson Crown, right? Correct? Crimson yes. Crown Wrestling. They have yep. us and the Stoner Bros. So we're looking yep. forward to that. Yeah, some hood slam boys there. No, bro. They wrestled for WCW. They wore the headgear. Remember, they did. The, <laughs> they do the fucking one of them's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Just the other guys. No. 
I think you might be getting some gimmick infringement you've, real you've got, soon. You know, <laughs> you've got the Hood Slam Tag Team Champions. Yeah, Hood Slam. Yeah, they wrestle in Hood Slam. Wrestling, it's all the, the promotion down there. Yeah, WCW Hood Slam. Yeah, practically the same. Nice. Yeah, Vince Russo books it all. So here's a question, just just a random question. It's a quick one. I'll get everybody's poll here. And Max, you can you can be on this one too. Who's uh? Get everybody's poll. <laughs> How am I the only one that caught that? I might be at that Indiana show after all. <laughs> Kick I'm, my ass. Might have to. I might be on crutches and a cane, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> out. I would have to run my head around so, uh, just out of, out of wildest, you got Nick Gage on this wild and crazy uh, GCW world title reign. Obviously, John had a match with him. Uh, he's been going. Who, who's going to defeat Gage? Who, who's everybody think? Who's going to be the next GCW world champion? My vote is Alex Colon. He just beat Alex, though. What now? He just beat Alex, though, in California. I, I agree with you. Alex is a great choice, but he just he just went over Alex. I think he'll wrap back around in some okay. way, but I think it's got to be Alex. You know, they get like he got Kasai. Like, sure. I think he's going to have an amazing run when they go to to Japan. I, I think he's the Great. dude. Him, and if I could have one more just dark horse, it'd be Eric Ryan. Another great worker. Yeah, Nick's I'm, uh, him too. I'm kind of, I might be biased, but uh, I might be biased, but I mean, I am one of the few individuals left in uh, the deathmatch wrestling scene who has never, not even in a regular match, let alone for the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship, had a match with there you uh, go. Nicholas Bartholomew G- Gage. For GCW <laughs> Chicago, book it. Yeah, uh, Nick Gage. People are. Uh, I've had a lot of first-time matchups here in the last year or so, and. That has not been one of them. I have still yet to uh, get to wrestle against. Uh, I think Nick your Gage. styles would match up well too, because you're very, yeah. uh, very hybrid, strong style wrestlers, and yeah. our deathmatch wrestlers. I would make a good we match. We both we both wear shorts. You both wear shorts. I, pre- I prefer <laughs> flat front. He usually wears right. cargo. You're both um, kind of bald. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's facial hair. Yeah. You know, yeah, we both have pulses. Like we have plenty enough in common to get me a match. I beat both of them. Yeah, he's beat both of them. <laughs> we carry both of them to great matches. Sean, <laughs> what do you think? Who's gonna Who's gonna be the next uh, champion? Actually, I love GCW, man. I, I and uh, if if Brett Lauderdale is listening, please book me. Um, but um, I think uh, he does listen. I don't know. I, he does. What's that? He does listen. Oh, yeah. And I've talked to Brett Lauderdale. I'm, I'm hoping, I just want to uh, say, Brett Lauderdale, if you're listening, book us also. Please book <laughs> he, us he also. Does. Does. Idiot. <laughs> Brett, I'll take a book. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, I do agree with the Alex Cologne. Um, I also could see Schlack um, as champion. Other guy and, just uh, beat. Schlack. Uh, well, and that's another guy. Yeah, right. another guy just beat. But uh, was, I, I was think a- that Schlack. What's that? You know the funny thing about the slack match? I'm pretty sure that's the first time in like 10 years we've had interference in a death match from a manager. That like <laughs> right. so doesn't happen right. anymore. If no, we had yeah. like a, Just... a trip from a manager, it's like it was, yeah. it was like 10 years ago. We haven't had shit like that since Billy Graham or yeah, it's no, been a yeah. long time. I agree. You know, manager 
interfere in a big death match. It yeah, kind of yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, and it was cool just to have Dewey there along with him, just because I've I've been watching a lot of old CCW here recently because I really didn't watch a whole lot of indie wrestling, and uh, so it was just kind of cool to you know be like, oh shit, that's that's Dewey. <laughs> but if, uh, if we can go off topic here for one sec about Shellac and the belt, I think Shellac's one of that don't need it. Like the aura of Shellac, I agree. yeah, it'd be like you want to see Shellac well, come I, out there and fucking yeah for for his climb and for the fan payoff and all that. But I don't think it would ever hurt Shellac's career if he never even held that belt. That's a, that's a great point. I, yeah. And that, I actually, yeah. I, well, I, I do, I, hold on, Mike, real quick. I do agree with that. But at the same time, I also think, too, that Schlack hasn't gotten enough uh, recognition or maybe like enough to build his resume as far as like wins and shit. You know what I'm saying? He goes to the finals of a lot of tournaments. He goes to, a, to the finals a lot of the tournaments, but he hasn't really won a whole lot. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, that's the only reason why I think maybe Schlack might need it. But at the same time, he really doesn't because, you know, he's like a deathmatch Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Gage needs it no. uh, at all. I agree with you about Schlack. And I think more. Gage should just throw it in a crowd and they should give it to – who do you think, uh, Max? Who, who do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to sound like a – Eli Everfly? Yeah, on my list, I have Eli Everfly, Orange Cassidy, <laughs> and every other garbage comedy worker. No, um, uh, I on my list is it's um, Alex Colon is number one, and then I have John, and then Reed are one, two, and three on who I'd like to see put it on. So it sounds yes, like yes. I'm an ass. Sean on that list too. <laughs> yeah, Sean before. Yeah, I'd be fifth because you don't remember me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so you've got the crutches, so it's got to be. You got to be like six. I'm gonna put myself over over you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go throw a wild card. I'm gonna say Shane Mercer. Book him as a. Hey, I would love that. That would put be amazing. I'm surprised no one said Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, I just hope they don't. Not yet. Uh, Not yet. I uh, we'll see, man. I, I I think the winds might be blowing that way someday. I don't know, man. Yeah. He's he's getting he's a match with Takeda now. You know, he's one of his last. We'll see. Yeah, we'll okay. end up surprising now, if, everybody. If you want to talk about somebody who's like put the time in, who has the right. wins, and who's put sure. the news in, definitely Jimmy Lloyd. Right. Know, for, Agreed. Mean, Agreed. Yeah, and that's why I say he should get it at some point. But I just don't think he's ready yet. I don't think the crowd's ready for him well, yet. Like I said, it's kind of like who he thought. Like doesn't necessarily mean who will be. Like, like I don't think Shane Mercer ever will, but I think that's how I'd book him. I think he could do an occasional death match like he just did in California. He could be that monster that, you know, I'd have him squash guys for a while, and then I just think him engaged would be a really cool match. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, like I what said, I would really, before we get off on this, uh, what I, the other thing I'd really like to see. I'm not is, getting off, you may, but. I, I definitely am getting off on this. Jimmy Lloyd doesn't uh, get me off. Is um, for pure heel heat, is Kid Osborne. You play DJ's music. He's coming out in orange and black, or orange and black, yellow and black, and you have him flying the CCW flag, and you put it on Kit for three months or something. I could dig that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, just I, a cool way to DJ get him, to bring him in, and just and Kit will play heel, and I mean, I think that's what he prefers to do. Um, and I just think you could you could make you could get an, uh, a Memphis style riot out of out of these crowds. <laughs> I want to see DJ come out if you want to riot. Oh shit! That'd be DJ come out. That'd be the. That'd be the. Never happened, but that'd be the ultimate fucking. 
he's too busy having a riot with House of Glory. But uh, he's at Disney he, World every six weeks, it sounds like. All right, be nice to DJ. He's a good guy. He's a good person in person. No, he's always a uh, straightforward talks to people. But all right, go ahead, Max. What do you got? Do you have any questions? All right. So my first question, I'm going to be do a couple of Mark questions here, just because my Mark. Uh, Sean, how'd you get into refereeing? Uh, well, I actually, um, so there was a company that was running here in the, um, the Kentuckiana area, I guess the Louisville, you know, Jeffersonville, Indiana area. And, um, it was <laughs> UA underground wrestling, something or other. Um, we did some TV stuff. Uh, we thought that we were doing something a lot bigger than what we were. And I didn't really do anything outside of that. And that was where I kind of got my start, met a few people like amazing Maria, um and uh, a couple others um that really there's a few other guys that are still doing some stuff but not a whole lot um i met aiden blackheart there and i've known him for a long time um but uh anyway so um ended up that company closed down um i also do music too um and so i ended up uh taking a break for you know about a year or two um trying to work on my music trying to get it going um, I had, um, actually a random, uh, there was a benefit show or something at the arena and somebody had asked me if I wanted to go. I think it was some guys that were, that was booked on UWA. They were like, Hey, we're booked on this benefit, you know, blah, blah. I kind of had missed wrestling. So I was like, why not? You know, um, popped up there and I met, uh, Biff Wellington, um, who actually, he just retired. He just had his last match with, uh, Grindhouse. But anyway, Biff Wellington, I, Linked up with him. He was booking for a company at the arena at the time. Um, and they were using some IWA guys, which that ended up leading to me. Um, you know, Aiden Blackheart was actually the one who was like, hey, um, you know, Ian's looking for some guys and they're looking for a referee. Um, so I popped up there at the time. I was working with John Gray, um, which I knew a little bit about John just, you know, through the scene or whatever. So it was kind of cool getting to know John and stuff and working with him and him kind of taking me under his wing. Um, and then that led to, um, oh, God damn, much, how'd you learn how to ref, man? Uh, right. No <laughs> <kidding>. yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> hey, I love John. <laughs> yeah, no, John Gray's like, he's a good old boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, and then, so, yeah. uh, and then also too, at the same time, you know, working with the guys that I was working with every week at IWA, like, you know, uh, you know, the fellas on the phone and, you know, um, you know, Congo Kong and Big Mike Elgin and, you know, all the different guys, Larry D, you know, all the guys that I work with. So, um, and then that led to uh, me getting really cool with Too Tough Tony, which has pretty much led to where I'm at now. Um, and also, you know, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, pretty much all the networking opportunities and all the stuff to where I'm at now, you know, repping for 12, 13 different companies is because of all the networks, you know, I've, different, I've made at IWA pretty much. So. Very That's cool. pretty much my whole entire story, long story short, in the shortest way possible. So, uh, And if you listen to any of the Deathmatch Cult interview archives, you could hear Sean's story. Just a yeah, shout out to the yeah. Deathmatch Cult interview archives. Sean used to be my interviewing partner, too. We used to do a little series on the page. Yeah, we had about a, a, a it was probably about, what, an eight to a year month thing that we kind of did. Yeah, and had Episodes every other month type stuff. It was kind of cool, so. But, uh, yeah, we talked about, like, different deathmatch stuff. We actually did – there was one episode that I remember that was really cool. 
uh, we did a top five death matches and like Mike's list was, you know, <laughs> off the wall, all kinds of over the place. And like mine was strictly because I really wasn't a big death match fan before I started doing them or started, you know, refereeing for them. And um, and mine was more like I think everything on my list was just stuff that I had refereed specifically. And uh, so our list was, you know, vastly different, but it was still pretty cool, though. So, yeah, you can also Very catch cool. John Gray's show on the cult network. We, we now uh John Gray show on weekly. This is like an infomercial. Sorry. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. John Gray show. Yeah. Oh, John Gray, man. It's, it's one of my buddies. Yeah. John's a good guy. Uh, the reason I asked that was you're a bigger guy with a full head of hair. So it's a lot of times you don't see the refs, you know, like that. Like, for example, I don't like to talk about myself too much, but I'm gonna, uh, my show, um, <laughs> Well, mine and Mike's. I got. I can't forget to. I can't leave him out again. Uh, <laughs> I went to wrestling school because I wanted to learn how to be a manager. And I got told after they took uh, six months of money from me when I was nineteen that didn't have six months of money that being six foot one and um, not that I couldn't do it. They're like you're you're going to look better than half the wrestlers. So okay. unless you make the wrestlers look better. So I just always wondered how a guy that's not you know five six is doing it. Right. So, well, no. Um, I was actually kind of, I, I don't know if, if it's fortunate or not. Um, you know, luckily I, I'm surrounded by a lot of really, really good workers now. Um, and so I'm able to learn. Uh, I still learn every, every week, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, um, back in, in, I guess, back whenever I started at that company, um, it, pretty much how it happened was they needed a referee for a battle royal, I think, or some crap. And mm-hmm. uh, and somebody had a ref shirt in their bag and threw it at me. And uh, I think I might have had black pants. I might have brought them with me or had them in my truck. Or I don't remember how exactly because like I, I if I if I would have been wearing jeans, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? So right. I, I hate refs that you know are on trash bag you know websites and stuff that are wearing the jeans. And that's a oh, it's such a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, no, I uh, I pretty much got thrown a ref shirt um that led to them being like hey you know you showed some pretty good emotion out there you know do you think you can do this and i was like i love theater i love you know um sports i love athletics i love pro wrestling i got i'm a huge pro wrestling fan so so yeah man uh it was pretty much i I got lucky and they just threw me a shirt and i was like hell yeah let's do it and it snowballed to pretty much where it's my life now so (laughs) that's really really cool yeah, right. man. So my first thing for the rejects, one of my biggest, oh, I'm getting a ton of feedback. Uh, one of my biggest passions is growing deathmatch. Um, I want to see this, I call it an art form, um, continue to grow and advance. What advice do you have for the young workers that are coming in that are kind of starting to look at deathmatch as maybe a way to um, get their name out there? Uh, Reed, you're probably on mute. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I was just zoned out. That, you was, go. uh, that was totally just me. I was pointing at it like go. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on it. I was really just like kind of staring him down, waiting for him to just do it, so I didn't have to talk. Uh, man, it's I don't even know. Uh, the, my advice to anyone who usually wants to get into the wrestling business, regardless of what they want to do into it, is to not. Right. So, uh, <laughs> probably the same advice. Don't do it. Um, but if you're going to, uh, deathmatch wrestling is just like anything else, just like any other form of wrestling. All you got to do is just give it your all. 
give it everything you've got and try to do it a little differently than everybody else is doing it. Find something that makes you unique. Find something that makes you stand out. Treat it like what it is. It's a, just a wrestling match with more elements to play with. If anything, uh, deathmatch wrestling should be uh, easier than a lot of people make it out to be because you have more elements, in my opinion, to tell stories. You have more. Uh, you have the advantage of an excess of props if you want to look at it that way you know um, so yeah be something that people just look at as um, take it for what it is it's just it should just be a good wrestling match with uh, you know a little more violence to it maybe than what your regular wrestling match has sure John do you want to add anything with that no, uh, I think he covered uh, everything I I would say just make sure you know the basics first. Make sure you know how to wrestle before. And I think he said that in, in better words. Than I was saying. But, yeah, just know know what you're doing. Don't do it just because, you know, you felt at everything else. And it's just a quick way to, oh, I can go out here and smash tubes. Which, you know, we're getting in such a better spot. We're nowhere like that now. So, it's good. Right. No, the sport's grown a lot since he's been... 2007 or 2009 when he had two overweight guys that just went in there and broke light tubes on each other for five minutes and called it a match. Um, so you guys have gotten, you guys are kind of known for that hybrid style. Um, what do you think? I'm sorry. I, there's so much feedback going on. I do apologize. I'm getting distracted a little bit there. Um, the rejects are pretty much known for the two really good wrestlers who can also brawl and bring weapons in. Um, is that something you guys, when you got formed the tag team and stuff, you kind of decided you were going to do that or is that kind of formed over the years or how did that kind of get going? Cause you guys have been together a long time as well. Most definitely. Uh, we like, if you give us a chance to be in a ring, we don't give a fuck what it, what it is. You want us to go out there and wrestle two chicks. Okay. We're going to make the best of it. We're going to have the best match on the show. You want us to go out there and wrestle each other rolling tubes okay fine we just want to be out there we want to be put in front of a crowd to do what we both love to do and uh well i love to do reed hates it he says he hates it but he loves it i'm dragging him along with this adventure but uh no like i said we just uh you know we try to excel at any form we definitely uh have a big heart for deathmatch tag team wrestling we think we it, it's so good that uh, that show Double Death is happening with Tremont and stuff. Unfortunately, we're we already booked or whatever, but like so glad that that's coming back. Like I said, uh, yeah, we just try to go out and fucking uh, do what we do. I mean, that match that you guys did with Oren um, and Pondo, Pondo, that was amazing. I mean, you guys told a great story. There was some comedy in it with the um, the. The Jesus picture on uh, Reed wore the Jesus picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus. And then Reed. If, there's, if there's ever sacrilege in a match, it's probably me. And then some really awesome spots, like uh, I believe a Death Valley driver onto one set of bleachers, and then something else onto the other. Just maybe just we just did the run. We did the run in Canadian Destroyer on the Canadian Destroyer. One. Yeah. And it took them, I sat there and watched them. It was an hour after the show had ended, and they were still beating the indention of Oren's head out of the bleacher seat. <laughs> and then on the other side, Oren suplexed John onto the bleachers. And my son and I were on that side, and I would since moved him away and had him hidden, so he didn't see the death match. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, afterwards, we were standing there kind of watching the guys. Mike wanted to watch him tear down the ring and stuff, and we're watching him do that. And this guy looks at me, and he's, they're wiping all of John's blood off because John got a pretty decent cut on his elbow. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, the guy looks at me, and he goes, do you enjoy this stuff? And I go, yeah. He goes, like, even the bloody stuff? And I'm like, oh, it's better. And he goes, friggin' animal. <laughs> Primal is what I tell people. Yeah. It's inside of all of us, whether... Uh, whether or not you choose to suppress it is the only difference, you know, like if you, I don't think it makes a person, uh, just to enjoy watching it. I don't think it necessarily makes them more sadistic, but it's, uh, it's fascinating. Like the human brain is designed to react a certain way to anything foreign, to anything, uh, you know, outlandish quote unquote. And then that's all it is. You know, you're just shocking the senses mm-hmm. of, of most people of what they're conditioned to normally see. It's the same reason why, uh, punk music and hardcore music grew from being a small niche into being something very, very popular and corporatized. It's the same reason that, you know, uh, independent wrestling in general has grown to the heights it's grown to anything, you know, uh, counterculture uh, with 7 billion people on the planet there's always somebody looking for something opposite of what's normal opposite of what's mainstream you know it doesn't have to be a, uh, uh, It's what we're doing is just trying to make people realize that it's not a bad thing I guess is, is the best way to put it <laughs> yeah and that's how I, I mean that's one of the things I want to bring in, in I can't wrestle I can't do a lot of things but I can I can talk on a on a podcast and I want to show that you guys are human. And I think they say it in, uh, the hard way tribute or the hard way trailer when they're showing John in the back with the belt over his shoulder. It's, you know, we're not animals. We're just a lot tougher than you are. Um, <laughs> right. And that's, uh, I think that's exactly it. You guys are, you know, in a, in a world that's fairly desensitized when, you know, when kids can pop on TV most days and, you know, the UFCs play in and you know, guys are bloodied up and bashed, you know, uh, a uh, six-star Meltzer match probably doesn't stimulate the same way it would, you know, John taking G-Raver into a trampoline that's got, you know, light tubes on it. Right, yeah, it's it's all about, you know, I don't know, shock value. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, Chris Levin uh, did an article one time um, where he was interviewed us and talked about the, uh, like, G.G. Allen-ness of, like, you know, deathmatch wrestling. Like sure. it's really people are just looking for, you know, to have culture, you have to have counterculture. So, I mean, it's not, a. Uh, it's also something that I think can show people like, uh, what you're really truly capable of doing, you know, like uh, anybody, like any of these, if you're just watching, you know, you're scrolling through all your friends, Snapchats and you come across one of the, uh, mashable or a24 one of these random like quasi news sites like that's how most people consume their news these days is, mm-hmm. you know bite-sized snippets on snapchat or instagram i mean uh, you're not reading a story about uh you know very plainly dressed family of four eats dinner at golden corral on wednesday night like that's not newsworthy. that's not an article you know um anything you read or you consume when it comes to media is at the very least interesting, typically, uh, sure. you know, as, and the more outlandish it is, the more either uncommon or, uh, um, you know, 
risque, <laughs> then obviously it's going to draw more people to it, whether they want to admit it or not. Cause obviously, you know, most people publicly aren't going around talking about how they went down to the rec center and watched these Neanderthals bust glass over each other's heads, you know, like, so, but, uh, we're, we're people's guilty pleasure. If nothing else, a lot of people, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I used to have the, the expression that counterculture is not so counter anymore. There's yeah. so many, Countercultures, I don't think you can say there is one. In 1985, when everybody went to church on Sunday and, you know, everybody, you know, had the eight to five job, then there was a counterculture, but our world isn't like that anymore. And you guys help create a different, a different world for some people that just are different. And yeah, a lot of people just simply don't realize that there are other things out there, you know, I mean, and, and that's like a statement and a philosophy you can take and you can stretch it out from professional wrestling to just life in general the real world in general is you know like it's i'm not gonna like sit here and try to feign that i think uh me like maiming myself with weapons is like you know really improving anyone's life or inspiring them to do something you know that maybe they wouldn't do otherwise if they hadn't seen it i don't think it's that grandiose but you know uh it does if nothing else like we're not just participating with the status quo whether you know i would hope that we are once we're done me and john people always ask like you know like what's the best match you had or what do you want people to remember i just want people to remember that i did it you know i just right. I, I just want people to remember the uh, period whether it was good or whether it was bad whether it you know makes a lasting impression on a million people is not important to me just a couple you know the same way i look back and uh, I almost would like to be unappreciated until after my death. You know, there's a certain quaintness about, uh, you know, artists and people that do various things that uh, you don't know how great they are until they're until they're gone. So maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm just uh, an idealist, but I think that would be uh, I think that would be probably the, the best way to go with uh, with our wrestling careers. But if you're going to work the WrestleMania main event in two weeks, uh, you're probably going to get appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> we jump on a we jump on a trampoline daily with weights to stay loose. Yeah. Oh, because you always got to be ready. You know, you always got to be ready for a call. Yeah, ready to work at a moment's notice. I was going to ask Sean something, but I can see he muted. So, Mike. <laughs> what do you have? Sorry, I'm back. My bad. No, my daughter was. My daughter said yelling in the background. I was like, "Oh lord, yeah, <laughs> oh, got, dude, I've got three kids under five. I feel you, bro." <laughs> but now I'm back. What's up, bro? <laughs> so when you're when you're when you're reffing these death matches, the one of the one of the biggest pet peeves I have, and I'm sure I kind of represent the the common man. Um, is when a ref becomes too much or tries to get over. How? What are some uh, techniques you use to make sure you're not getting over in these matches? Well, uh, when it comes to deathmatch wrestling, you know, it's it's uh, there's really not any rules, so right. there's not really much that I have to do. Um, at the same time, um, you know, it's there's still a reason for a referee to be out there. You know what I'm saying? So I still like to give myself a reason to be out there, um, and that's why sometimes I will like. You know, if, if they have them in the corner or something, I'll be like, hey, come on, get them out of the corner. Even though I'm not counting like I would in a regular rules match or something like that, I'm just kind of like, hey, let's get out of the corner. Um, but as far as like 
really in deathmatch wrestling, the, the biggest thing is just to stay out of the way and make sure the biggest thing is to make sure to get, you know, the um, excess glass or, you know, the like the end pieces of the tubes or like, you know, uh, tables that get broken and get all that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the biggest thing as far as our biggest job, I feel like, in a, in a deathmatch setting. Um, just as far as the safety of the boys, because I feel like um, no matter what kind of match it is, I feel like my biggest job is I'm there for the boys. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm there to keep the boys safe um, and make sure that everybody um, stays safe and ends up having a great match. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, if, if I can benefit anyway, as far as making a great match, um, sometimes I pride myself in making what could be a two-star match into like a four or five-star match, but just because of me. But, but besides all that, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just uh, really just staying out of the way and making sure that the boys are safe as far as not getting cut up and, and you know, all that good stuff. Um, as far as, you know, making a good death match ref. Um, I, I mean, the, I, I really haven't seen a whole lot of refs that try and get themselves over. Um, and if they do, I mean, the boys will shut that down real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because, uh, um, like I, I know different refs who, I, I mean, actually I can't even think of really any refs that have tried to get themselves over in deathmatch settings just because, you know, it's, it's really like, a, a different kind of style, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. but but yeah, man, I mean, it, like the biggest thing as far as, you know, being a, a deathmatch referee that you need to. I guess really remember is uh, keep the boys safe, man. Cause that's, that's one thing that I don't see enough of is, you know, guys, you know, stomping on light tubes to get them out the way and, and in peace. I'm sure, you know, Reed and, and John can probably, you know, attest to what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that's probably my biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. That's like, uh, like you said, a referee in any match, should always add something to the match because otherwise, you know, they shouldn't be there. You know, if there's a purpose, the referee in any match, no matter how much people want to try and disregard it or attempt to belittle it, they serve a very important role. A good ref can make such a huge <laughs> difference and wrestlers who acknowledge that and wrestlers who go out of their way, um, to incorporate them um, are, you know, doing it the right way, in my opinion. Me and John, the way we look at things, when we find out, um, you know, either say we go somewhere and a ref has a story that they've been building and they want to try and work some spot in, sure, we'd love to do it. Makes sense. You've been here more than we have. You clearly have something established. Or you find out somebody has a manager. Some people look at it and just, oh, God, manager, you know, uh, because it, they're – belittled roles you know refs managers valets that do all these things they uh, they're there for a reason you know like a lot of people have them there just out of um, habit they're just there as a uh, a set piece because they're supposed to be it's just like a guardrail or a, a ring entrance or anything else but you know the original purpose for them in the business they're there to serve a purpose to add an element to add a uh, whether it's one spot in a match or whether it's the finish or whether it's anything they're there to add another layer to whatever story you're trying to tell absolutely yeah yeah and that and and to add on to what reed is saying that's probably my favorite my favorite thing about being a ref is being able to add that um you know psychology element you know what i'm saying um because 
you know, I mean, um, if you listen to how they talk about like the WWE Performance Center, like that's like the master class that you learn in WWE is, is psychology. You know what I'm saying? So um, to be able to, you know, add some type of psychology to a match and like kind of be kind of have that somewhat be on my shoulders. Like it's it's kind of a, a cool um, thing to always keep in the back of my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely um, people. People just really take it for granted because it is sometimes characters of, of who are in the ring doing the moves are so larger than life um, that they kind of lose sight of um, you know focusing on anybody but themselves. That's just people in general, but especially pro wrestlers. You know, you have to realize that everything just like. Uh, I just did a podcast right before this, so I don't want to say just like I said earlier, because I don't right. remember if I said it on here or if I said it on the other one. Um, but uh, it's people, even managers, re referees, they're props for you to utilize. They're not there as uh, ankle weights. You know, if anything, it just gives you, if you'll take a second and get your head out of your ass of like whatever, like masturbatory uh triple flip what is going on in the background you know move it's cool right now that everybody else is doing that you want to do so someone will gif it and put it on twitter like if you move remove yourself from all that and look at the goal of what you're there to do which is to get a reaction out of people via uh you know storytelling uh it's a lot easier to do it, you know, when you have other players, you know, like when you have not just your stuff, but you factor in what does my opponent do? What, what can the stress do? Hey, Reed. A second. Somebody's hey, Reed. Bear. Uh, hey, Reed, I think your mic, your earbuds or something came about. And it rings the bell. All of these things are, you know, the best thing a pro wrestler can do is walk into an arena a bit, a match, a locker room, walk into any situation and just look around and say, what can I use? What can I do here? How can I Absolutely. do this? You know, yeah. what story am I trying to tell? And what here inside of this room, inside of this ring can make that easier or make it better? You know? Uh, Mike, um, what do you have for the guys? Um, I'm going to go for the rejects on this one, uh, John and Reed. The wrestling, uh, obviously the wrestling uh, landscape is changing. Um, AEW is coming out. Um, Ring of Honor signed numerous people. Uh, MLW signed numerous people. AEW signed. New Japan is signed. Uh, we're going to see Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, guys who do a lot of hardcore death stuff in AEW. Mance Warner is on tonight's main event on the MLW TV against La Parca. Um, do you guys have a really good gimmick? Do you see yourselves as someone who could go to a ring of honor, to an MLW, to one of these promotions? I, I think you guys would fit in. Um, obviously with the way everything's being, being signed now, NXT, NXT, UK, NXT, Germany, it's a lot more promotions. So there's going to be a lot more talent is going to need to move up. Yeah, we, I mean, like he said, we'll wrestle anywhere, man. Like we'll go anywhere. I, I don't know that, um, I wouldn't say that a contract or any kind of like that is a goal for us necessarily. It's not something that we are uh, striving to do because I don't think that's um, 
I, that's just not us. That's not what we're in it for. You know, we're in wrestling because we love it and like we're able to make money at it and pay some bills with it. And that's great. Um, but you know, uh, we feel like we could succeed anywhere given the opportunity, man. I, I definitely think that we would love to, I mean, we would love to go on a stage like that, whether it's MLW ring of honor impact anywhere, you know, yeah. You know, put it like whether it's OVE and impact or, you know, any of these you know, tag teams, uh, in, in ring of honor right now, or, uh, like new tag teams that are forming in MLW right now because they're in kind of a you know a, a reboom period right now. We sure. can we'd love to do it with with anybody um, because I I truly think we offer um, outside of being egotistical as I am. I think we offer something different um, to a wrestling show anytime we're on it. I think we're gonna have a match that nobody else can duplicate. Nobody else can do you know what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. And I think that we, um, you know, could definitely thrive in an environment like that. It would be something different, I think. And that's what we're always looking to do. We just want to do stuff that's new, unique, different, just like we talked about earlier, you know, whatever's shocking, whatever is counter to what's around us. So, you know, put us in the most white bread, meat and potatoes, uh, good guy, bad guy wrestling promotion you can find. And I think we would, you know, do wonders because it's not, it's not what they're used to seeing. Sure. Now I, I feel that AEW has already changed, uh, wrestling before, uh, it's, you know, even first show. Right. How do you feel the next two years, uh, professional wrestling landscape is going to change more? I mean, do you feel that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, WWE is not going to be just sit alone on the mountain. Uh, they're going to have to change their practices. I think they're already kind of seeing with top stars, you know, like John Moxley wanting to leave, and a lot of guys want to get out of contracts. Do you think the whole system of wrestling is going to change a little bit? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that what they're doing is necessarily going to be uh, like business altering for WWE necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely. Like you said, it's already cha- changing the landscape of the indies. Uh, sure, I've talked about it before. Where ten years ago, you know, eight years ago, there was like one dude usually on the independents who was like the well-known household name. People who just watch WWE television programming and buy the occasional PWI. Um, know who this independent wrestler was, you know, at any given time. Um, and then it started to be, there were two or there were three of them, you know, like at one point you had one, one dude after all the independent wrestlers, you know, all your indie darlings of the late two thousands, early 2010s get signed. And you have Colt Cabana, who was like, was the shining example of going out and making it on your own, doing it without the machine. Um, but now flash forward to 2019 and between just the internet, social media, the age of information in general, this boom in independent wrestling has happened. And it's so, uh, there's so many niches and it's so expansive at this point that a lot more people than just one guy, there's not just one well known to the common man, indie wrestler anymore. You know, you can buy bullet club t-shirts and hot topic, you know, things like this. 
Uh-huh. And they actually so, outsold the WWE this year. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it goes to show you that, uh, if anything, I think that uh, it doesn't mean the end for the independents, and I don't think it means that big of a change. All I think it means now is that we have to find uh, a new counterculture. And if anything, it is deathmatch. It is a more adult, um, mature wrestling is is that niche is that counterculture because now uh you know when i was in high school i was 14 years old going to shows watching you know aj styles versus brian danielson or whatever and now everyone does that now everybody is uh you know now everyone knows everything about wrestling now everybody is can do a flip and now everybody can do a cool kick and now everybody knows what you know puro risu is and everybody know you know like everyone's so uh, in the know and up to date that you know uh, you have like what if, what's the least popular thing you know deathmatch wrestling if nothing else so uh, sure. if anything it just if it makes anything easier for anybody it's for the weirdos like us if anybody it changes things I think probably for the better and it definitely opens up a lot of independent wrestling conversations of um, you know paydays and unions sure. and benefits. And creates more things. work. Yeah, <laughs> hey, well, just to, and to yeah. piggyback off of what, uh, and to piggyback off of what Reed was saying, um, I recently, I, I you know, uh, I do independent music and stuff, and like what Reed was talking about earlier, as far as like, you know, us kind of being like a niche kind of thing or whatever, like you know, us kind of being somewhat uh, uh, culture, underground culture type thing. Independent music is somewhat the same way. And I have some buddies who are big wrestling fans. I actually have a rapper friend who he is actually sponsored by WWE shop and collar and elbow, which is kind of crazy to be a rapper and sponsored by them, but it's weird. Um, and he, uh, but he, he's never been to any independent shows. Unfortunately, I try to get him to come all the time. And, uh, he, um, but he follows, you know, WWE. He's been to a few WWE shows when they come to Louisville and stuff. But he recently has been asking me questions about guys like Mance Warner and, you know, and, and other guys like that. You know what I'm saying? Like who he's heard about through and Nick Gage and like, you know, and certain guys that he's heard about through the, I guess, re- wrestling dirt sheets and different stuff or whatever. And he watches a little bit of MLW, not a whole lot. But since it's free on YouTube, it's like, you know. Um, but you know, guys like that, who I've been knowing about for a minute, you know, who are buddies of mine and shit, he's now asking about them and trying to get familiar with them because, you know, there's so much wrestling out there. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. So. I mean, ring of honor in new Japan sold 22,000 seats in uh, a couple hours. You know, they sold yeah. out Madison square garden, yeah. um, you know, and I don't think, you know, I think there'll always will be a WWE, but I do think they're going to have an actual person to compete with now because for the first time in a long time, the person they're competing with has more money than them. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily saying that they're going to blow all their money on it, but you know, that they want to go out and sign one big guy. They had the potential money to maybe offer Brock Lesnar 13 million instead of 10 million. They had the money they offered Jericho is. Sure. Yeah, they had the means to do it, so it makes it different. I think it could only make you know wrestling better, you know, and eventually make and make the indie scene better. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know dreams like I talked about the rejects. So you know, program. I would love to see the rejects against the Briscoes. I think that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be you know, I, I think yeah, uh, that's would match that a lot of people have asked us about over several times over the years about 
Like we don't really necessarily, I guess, have any dream tag <laughs> matches that we think about all the time. But like that's one that fans have definitely brought up to us, and we're always like, "Yeah, I mean, that's oh, absolutely." Because <laughs> Mark and, and uh, Jay are some of the best brawlers out there too. And oh just yeah, crazy shit. One of my favorite matches ever is when Mark and Jay Briscoe showed up at a show in I think Jersey somewhere. And wrestled outside. The show was in a parking, like a gravel parking lot mm-hmm. outside. And they showed up and just beat the fuck out of each other for 25 minutes. Like, uh, <laughs> we're like hucking, like hitting each other with chairs as hard as they could. Like, they had been gone, I think, from Ring of Honor at this point, 05, yeah. 06, just for a few months. I um, believe it was in Delaware. It Delaware. Was, uh, okay. Delaware yeah. Wrestling, the Delaware the Essence promotion. Yeah, because it was close to their house. So, yeah, yep. it had to be up in uh, Delaware. But, yeah, yep. it was. So uh, it, that's one of my totally. favorite. Anytime the Briscoes come up, that's like uh, something I used to show people on YouTube all the time if they had never seen it. I was like, hey, you want to see Mark and Jay Briscoe like beat fucking concussions into each other's head that in a parking brutal. lot? That was brutal. Yeah. Uh, I loved uh, when they had their whole feud with Samoa Joe and Homicide. They had yeah. those three matches where they went crazy. And then down in F- FIP, they had a two-series match with Necro and Pondo that used light tubes and got nuts. Yeah. So uh, they've definitely, uh, you know, done some stuff. I think they, them against you would be amazing. Yeah, just, we'd uh, love to do it. Fucking amazing. I and mean, they just had an amazing match with PCO and Brody King. You know, they always have a, I think they're the best tag team of the last 10 years. Not independent tag team, but the best tag team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've, I mean, they've longstanding too. One of the like, Long currently active, you know, in any form of wrestling right now, one of the longest reigning, like current, you know, tag teams that's been together for almost 20 years, you know. Oh, absolutely. And been together since uh, one was two and one was born. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, real quick, Mike, I know it's kind of your time to talk, but uh, I like to interrupt people. What with Sammy Callahan or Sammy Callahan and Impact? I think you guys would be an amazing fit there. You're Southern guys. You can go down there and work. Has there has that ever been brought up? Uh, it's been talked about, you know, like in locker rooms before, you know, amongst us and, uh, you know, compadres. But um, never anything, you know, seriously. We've never had any kind of, you know, interest or, you know, our way. You know, we've never had anything. Because you guys are big. It's not like you're smaller guys that they might be scared about. And they're obviously going more violent. Um, yeah, definitely. With- I usually attribute anything to my poor attitude and my large mouth. Anything that either does or doesn't happen to our wrestling careers is normally I just assume that it, I've either said something or done something that offended someone you know, who controls what happens to people in wrestling. So that's normally what I, I just usually assume I have. I've offended someone, so I don't. I don't even know. Like I, I couldn't even tell you right now, uh, <laughs> like who even owns Impact Wrestling. Right, I, I couldn't even. I, I know that it's been traded around, and Billy Corgan was involved at one point, and uh, I think it's um, what yeah. is it? Uh, I was going to say Semaphore. That's not right. Um, uh, Don Callis, I think. Anthem. Anthem. Anthem Entertainment. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, it. But Don, yeah, I think Don Callis is running it. So Don Callis is booking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've always we seen all the with the barbed wire bat showing up a couple weeks ago in Impact and stuff. I'm like, God, you know, 
Because, like I said, I, I live 100% in the Cape Wave world, so I assume you guys are in Kentucky and Tennessee. And uh, <laughs> we are uh, currently in the same room in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> you're ruining everything. I need my <laughs> that's our no, that's gim, that's canon. It's uh, well, it's canon that uh, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley go everywhere together. And yes, including live together for the last uh, four years. Well, like I said in our in our uh, chat we had earlier, are you going to tell me that Warren's not really a witch hunter now? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if he truly was a witch hunter, it, that would be less surprising to me. It would be le- it would be one of the less weird shoot jobs that I've heard that a death magic guy works. Oh yeah, yeah. I've uh, oh man, there's there's been so many. I, I mean, I've had about every job or kind of job you can have during my time in pro wrestling. I've done everything from. You know, uh, like the corporate world to sales to physical labor, manufacturing, warehouse, man. Exotic dancers. Yeah, all the way from minimum wage to probably three times what somebody without a finished college degree should be making. So, Mm -hmm. I get it. Mike, I'm sorry that I cut your turn off there, so. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah, um... So I guess my next question, uh, Sean. Yes, sir. Where, where's like, what's the career trajectory for a referee? Are would would you like to like kind of catch on with like AEW or WWE or NXT or something, or is it you like banging the indies out on the weekends and being home during the week, or what's what's kind of? <laughs> uh, I pretty much um, know that my ceiling is a contract somewhere. Um, so. Of course, you know, WWE would be awesome. AEW, if, if that's how they're doing the deal as far as with refs, you know, signing the contracts also. Um, and, I, you know, I've kind of looked into it and a lot of, like, my favorite indie refs, like, you know, um, Rick Knox, shout out to him. You know, guys like Chris, well, I don't think Chris, I think Chris is actually a full-time ref now, Chris Levin. Um, but, uh, you know, guys like Rick Knox, Justin Borden, they still have full-time jobs, um, you know, and different refs across the the country, like most of them still do stuff like as far as full-time shoot jobs. Are so, you working a shoot job or are you? Of course. Oh uh, yeah. I, I work a, a night, I work a night shift at a, a metal shop. Um, I pretty much just, uh, bend metal and cut metal up all night and, uh, listening to wrestling podcasts. So that's why I like, I, I love wrestling podcasts. I listen to, you know, the, the wrestling cult, a lot of the different shows that's on there. Um, you know, Jeremy on, I got your five stars. Like, you know, I got to shout out all my guys. So, um, but, uh, THT podcast, I, I listen to all those guys. So, um, but, uh, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's my shoot job. It's, you know, my, or Sunday night through Thursday night. Um, so we're cutting uh, into your sleeping time right now. It's all good. I don't mind. <laughs> I, I got quite a bit of sleep this past weekend, so, um, it's all good. <laughs> but, uh, but now, yeah, I actually, I gotta be at work at midnight tonight. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, uh, I pretty much know that my ceiling is, uh, is getting a contract. So that's pretty much what I'm working towards, you know, making connections and, you know, and, and hopefully I can get there one day, um, with whatever different company. But, uh, right now while I'm on the Indies, man, like I'm really just kind of taking advantage of, uh, all the connections that I've made and the networks that I made, like I was talking earlier and, uh, and, you know, taking advantage of it. That's why I'm booked literally every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as wherever I'm at between the arena or, you know, resistance or unsanctioned or glory pro or black craft, you know, or black label, whoever, you know what I mean? So. Hang on a second, Sean, 
Yeah. You're going too quick, man. I can't pick up all those names you're dropping. Give me just a second. I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. No, well, and, and that's like, and that, well, real quick, Reed, like, and to add to that, that, I mean, that was kind of my plan when I started, like, really taking it serious, was yeah. I only wanted to look at companies that was, like, real, because, like, I was going places with Aiden that was kind of like, eh, you know, like, yeah. uh, I'm not going to, like, you know, shit on anybody or anything like that, but, like, I was going no, to go ahead, places, I was going to certain places <laughs> where, like, I was going up to ref for these companies and I would work two or three matches and they wouldn't pay me anything and it wasn't worth my time because the talent that was on there wasn't worth my time. And then I started getting booked by places like Black Label and, you know, and, and Black Craft and stuff. And, and like, I, I dropped those companies more than anybody because they actually really take care care of me um so like I, I love being there and also too you know the cards that they put together are ridiculous you know what i'm saying and also too they booked me wrestlemania weekend so, <laughs> so. shout out to black label that's another one that's <laughs> literally i think they do their main shows their weekly shows their monthly shows in crown point like yeah. about six yeah. miles from my house so yeah oh that's awesome yeah yeah, I love Black Label. It's such a blast. I, I love Mikey. It's a fun place to be at, man. Uh, I wasn't on their most recent show with uh, with Conrad and, and Bruce Richard, which that kind of sucked. But uh, every show that they have the rest of the year, I'll be on. So I'll be there with the Godfather on 420. Nice. For sure. <laughs> But yeah, that's man. Uh, I, I, yeah, like like you. Well, to answer your question, it's pretty much. I know my ceiling is is a contract, so that's what I'm working towards. But while I'm on the indies, man, I'm just having fun. You know what I mean? Sure. So I guess we'll go with a similar question to the the rejects now, guys. What's what's the ultimate goal here? Where is it to get big and like work tours in Japan or keep tour in Mexico? Uh, find rich old ladies that pass away in a couple of years and just take care of you forever. What's one hundred percent that last one? That's been our goal. That you won. Yeah, man, we get it. Like, there's a there's a Henry Rollins quote um, where he says something to the effect of uh, he gotten a call from his publicist, like talking about getting into acting. Like, hey, I've got this like you know acting gig on this like TV show here. Do you want to do it? It's like three episodes. Pays this, yada yada. Is like, yeah, yeah. If it's like, are you paying? Are they paying? Because I I'm hungry. You know, like I got right. like you know like uh, that's at where we are. You know, we'll go anywhere and do whatever as long as it pays and pays what we want. <laughs> you know, I mean that's. That's really it. Like, are you? So you heard it here, folks. You can have the rejects wrestle at your birthday party. Yeah, for thirty-eight dollars. I swear on whatever God that anybody <laughs> listening to this believes in, you know, like well, apply hey, it where it needs to go. And if you pay me, I'll hop in the car too. So <laughs> right, yeah. Like, so the price went to forty-two, but you get all three of them for forty-two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, truly, man. Like, we we really just, you know, we uh, we got to eat. You know, like right. we got bills, man. Like hey, I got kids. The, I got kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, that's it. We just want to have fun. And like, obviously, like I said, you know, uh, if we could make, you know, a full blown, really next level living, you know, um, doing it, like whether it was, you know, for one company or, you know, a thousand companies, we would love to do that you know so i mean that's it's not so much necessarily the goal for us is to just make it to the next day usually you know sure. like we're we're very uh, uh common common men you know like we got 
we got a real life just like everybody else like we're uh just trying to have fun and do the best we can you know yeah sure is with with that being said i mean you guys have kind of done achieved a lot in death metrics and i don't want to say done everything because i'm sure there's always more I, I do wonder if like you know john's won uh a king of the death you guys have both competed and, and shown for yourself well in a tournament of death is there are, are those titles as important to you guys as wrestlers as they are to the to those of us that watch or is it more of just you know kind of hey that's cool to talk about in the locker room for the next week but you know what it just it was a paycheck yeah I mean, it, it definitely is uh important to us because we we want to know that we uh we want to know that if we did it and we've been you know uh, wasting or properly applying our time either way. We want to know that we, you know, did it to the fullest of our ability and did it to the best of, you know, whatever the highest standard is, you know, like that's how we look at it. I guess if we want to do is doing a, B and C is what's considered the best or the top of the mountain, you know, and in one particular field, then that's what we want to do. You know, John's, uh, probably been to more tournament finals uh without winning than any other pro wrestler in history especially deathmatch wrestlers um you know but he's also won a couple as well and he's you know we both held titles we've been to iwa we've been to czw we've been to gcw you know all these companies that are touted as you know over the years of being either the history or the current standard of deathmatch wrestling we've done it so uh, that was why for a lot of people, when they ask us, you know, about uh, stepping away from IWA, for example, you know, like uh, regardless of anything that led up to it, at this point, there's not much left for either one of us to do. You know, um, uh, at this point, I- anywhere like that, that we've been and we were at for such a long period of time, you know, uh, there comes a point where just like in WWE, you know, like if a wrestler has been on TV for 10 years and he's done everything there is, you know, there's, uh, there's only so much you can do before you overstay your welcome somewhere. So I guess kind of the big show treatment, you know, when everybody traded, please retire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we've done, we don't want to ever overstay our welcome, I guess, you know, so we're, we're just constantly looking for somewhere different to do it somewhere. Well, and with, with the vibrant indie scene, you guys, you know, can kind of do that again. You guys, it's almost like the, you know, I joked when we, before we started going that we could talk about the eighties Southern territories, but it's almost <laughs> like the eighties where you guys could show up in, in Florida for a month and then go to run Portland. I mean, you guys can kind of do that where you can run Indiana and then you can go run New Jersey and then you can go run California and then you can hit Wisconsin. You know, you can kind of bounce around and not overstay your life anywhere. Yeah, that's definitely, I, I feel like, what we like to do. Like, a lot of people, you know, they see either one company that's getting really, really popular or hot, and that's where they want to be, and then they get there, and there's a bubble everywhere. We try to not ride any kind of, you know, coattails or any kind of uh, like fleeting passion, you know, behind either a company or a movement or uh, something in wrestling. You know, we... Uh, we try to do our own thing, carve our own path, you know, so we we definitely have a lot of people who ask us, you know, why aren't you doing this or why aren't you doing more? Or why aren't you guys here? Why don't you do this or that? 
there's, you know, we'd have to do a whole other hour and 15 minutes to even break the surface on, you know, the, the whys of it all. We can set that up um, for next week. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you guys are going to be pretty busy next Sunday, though, I got a feeling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next weekend's going to be a little bit of a a, a little uh, stretch for a podcast weekend. But yeah, we, we just, you know, we, we definitely want to and we're doing it and we, we just go where the wind kind of takes us, man. Like if there's, we always tell people, like, if you want us somewhere, request it, talk about it. Um, John obviously is not the most uh, social media adept, so he's not... Uh, I don't know. John's a pretty good Facebook follow. He he. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Share some dank memes. Dank memes. Yeah, he's definitely all about the. uh, He's he's all about sharing awful things on Facebook. (laughs) It's like uh, it's like when you first add like a fucking great uncle or something Mm -hmm. on Facebook. You know, like sharing like pictures of like. You know, like biker girl titties and fucking, you know, like pop. But they're like fifty-year-old biker girls, so I, I'm yeah. absolutely curious what he Google searches. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, young teen squirters usually. That's his <laughs> go-to. Oh lord. Uh, oh, send me your best links. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inbox them to me, DM them to me on Twitter so I can show it. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. And on that note, uh, right. I'm sure everybody's it's getting late. Um, go ahead and hit those dates that you guys, everybody's got coming up again. Uh, and then we'll let you guys, yeah, for sure. got, anything else. we've, uh, we leave next weekend. We'll be, uh, the show in Monterey for NGX is Where are you guys working third. on that. You know, uh, it's, uh, Muerte Extrema and Lord <laughs> Byron, uh, yeah, it's going to be fans bring the weapons. It's in Monterey and the Coliseum there in Monterey where a lot of Lucha promotions run. Um, it was where the first night Zona show was supposed to be last time we went, and then it ended up not happening, and we just did the show in Mexico City. So very excited to wrestle for NGX and go bleed on foreign soil. Um, after that's WrestleMania, the next week we have uh, at the arena on uh, April 12th, Corey Sorm's birthday a extravaganza storm cast, I believe he's calling it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Strippers come, he's 18. Yeah, yeah, strippers can come, he's 18. You know, they can't take anything off in the arena, but, you know, they can show up. I mean, uh, in the amazing state of Indiana, you can go into a strip club at 18, as long as there's right. booze. Yeah, yeah, as long as, there's, uh, as long as there's no booze. That's, I think, Kentucky as well. Kentucky, you can uh, be 18 as long as there's no alcohol served, so... Um, but it also just happens to be that the club with no booze has the hottest strippers in Lexington for whatever reason. So it's a conundrum that address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then let's see, we have uh, PPW paradigm pro a couple of weeks after that on April 26th. Uh, we have a bunch of things written on the calendar with question marks and things crossed out and, uh, it's kind of like reading my like secretary shorthand going through this calendar right now. We have uh, uh, GCW in Chicago on May 4th. Um, back in Chicago two weeks later for Resistance Pro on May 18th. So we'll be up in the Chicago land area a lot. The AWR, is it, on May 19th. Uh, if you haven't figured out by the fact that I 
tweeted out my announcement or I Instagrammed my announcement picture last week because I thought it was so funny and then deleted it because I realized I wasn't announced yet. If that and this podcast Daddy. wasn't enough to clue everybody in, I'm definitely booked on that show. Uh, or we didn't we'll, figure John was making the drive without you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got uh, plenty of plenty of opportunities. Stay on top of us on me on the Twitter and the Instagram. I like you know the uh, I like the more hip social media that the kids are into. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. But don't expect me to uh, to do much in the way of like you know posting or responding to messages or anything i'm pr- I, i'm just a lurker you know john just doesn't do it at all and i just go and lurk on the internet and then complain about things yes so, yeah, so that's all sean what do you what do you need to get over what do you've got what do you got uh, shit i'm busy man um i got let's see next weekend i've got glory pro um and that's in the st louis area um penta and phoenix on that show, so it's gonna be pretty dope. Um, as well as you know, all the usual cast of characters at Glory Pro Wrestling. Um, I got uh, Black Label on uh, the 5th of April, um, and that is WrestleMania weekend. Of course, I got Black Label, and then I'll be at Blackcraft also. Um, hopefully, I can pop up at some other places, but you know, that's the New York, New Jersey, you know, festivities. That's where I'll be, I'll be up there so. Um, and then I will come back. I'll be at, uh, at Stormcast, Corey Storm's birthday party, along with the Rejects also um, at the arena. Um, that is, that was April 12th, right? I think, yeah, April 12th. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, uh, actually the 13th, with, um, I have Proving Ground Pro um, it's somewhere in Illinois. They're doing some kind of tournament, um, and they've got, I know Kevin Giza's on there, Tyler Matrix, um, Trying to think, AJ Gray, I think, is on there. Um, a few other guys. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, let's see, the nineteenth of April, I have Midnight Girl Fight uh, um, with you know Pondo's Girl Fight. Um, uh, let's see, the twentieth, I have Black Label Pro. April twentieth with The Godfather. Twenty sixth, uh, Paradigm Pro. Um, the twenty seventh, Unsanctioned Pro. <laughs> uh, May eighteenth, The Resistance. So I'm I'm busy as hell, man. Uh, so you can catch me all over the place. I guess the the biggest thing is just stay tuned to my social media because I'm always posting where I'm at or where I'm going to be at and all that good stuff. So it looks like Proving Ground Pro is in St. Petersburg. Yeah, Illinois. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. They're having the Ryan Buckley Memorial Tournament on yes, sir. the 13th. Yeah. Yep, I'm going to be there. So. And yep, Mike. it's uh, it's pretty much my calendar all the way through May. But nice. And Mike, what do you what do you have to get over? Mike, Patricelli, hello. Is he muted? No, he's not yeah. muted. It says he's muted. Yeah, I was muted. Now he's not. There he is. Yeah, I was muted. We're <laughs> <laughs> having a sandwich. Sorry. Uh, um, you can just check me out as always. Uh, Deathmatch news will be coming up. Uh, I got a new show with, uh, you guys mentioned Jeremy from I Got Your Five Stars. Me and him host a new show called Tales from Swanson and Rittner. Uh, it's a real fun project. We're, we're watching all the old ECW supercards starting in 93, kind of giving a fresh take on them and breaking them down. We're going to have some ECW wrestlers uh, coming on after, uh, you know, 
after uh, whatnot and uh, doing interviews with us. we got some things lined up for that. We'll be announced in the next couple of weeks. So if you're a big ECW fan, like I know most people are, check that out. And uh, I've got the 420 Metalhead podcast. If you like metal uh, and you like wrestling and you like getting stoned, that's the place to be. Me and my friend Leon smoke a blunt right before and uh, like to get on and play yeah. some tunes and talk about some good old wrestling. I heard there's the next guest coming up for that new metal podcast. is amazing. <laughs> I, some people might say that. I, I've heard different things. but I heard there's a lot of package hammer? talk. What's that? Van Hammer. <laughs> no, I tried to get him. He was too big of a too big of a name. Too big of a booking fee. Did you ever see the Van Hammer death match? No. He tr- he toured Big Japan, and he actually what? did a light tube death match with Zandig against Pondo and Whitebeater. Yeah, he did a couple. Oh, of yeah, matches. you he shared like that in the court a while back. Yeah, I did. He yeah. actually took light tube fucking shots and yeah. What, what is I, tour? That is a tour that I still can't understand because they just let the American guys come in and kill their guys for an entire tour, and kind of killed the promotion. Well, yeah. we, we talk. We won't go on that. We'll be talking too long. But that's yeah. what I got going on. So I want to thank uh, thank the rejects for coming on. Always good friends of the show. Uh, wish you guys. Oh, hey, uh, really quick. Sorry, hey, Mike. Sorry. Hey, sorry to cut you off, Mike. I would be remiss if I did not mention. Um, of course, every Thursday and also every Sunday. Every Thursday, I'm at IWA Mid South. Every Sunday, Grindhouse Pro Wrestling. Um, I got to put those over also. So <laughs> that's where I'm at weekly. Sure. Yeah, awesome. yeah, if you're in the Midwest and you're looking for somewhere to get trained, go check out the Grindhouse Pro Wrestling Academy. If you're in the Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio area, there's yeah. always wrestling there for better or worse. There's always something going on, always a show to get on. So it's a very good area for very good for young people trying to uh, get a foot in the door in the business in the Midwest. The, uh, the arena, the Grindhouse is probably one of your best bets. Absolutely, yeah. That, that school is awesome, man. Uh, you know, between uh, Rudy and Rudy Switchblade and and Raul Amada, and then they got you know that's where Biff is at, and you know J Mo, uh, all those guys, man, and uh, Tony, of course, Too Tough Tony is the man. So I love my Grindhouse family. It's it's an awesome place to be. Jay Chris actually, uh, Jay Chris was there um, this past weekend, man, and uh, after his match with our champion. We were in the locker room and all that stuff, and he kind of had a little speech, and like he he really put our locker room over as far as, as far as like you know them being a cohesive family and a, and, a, and a nice school to be at, and you know it was really cool. So very cool, very cool. Mike, no, I'm good. I don't have anything. Uh, I don't have a whole lot working unless you need asphalt maintenance products in the greater Indiana area. Uh, I don't have any much <laughs> to get over this week, but yeah. Um, I want to thank the rejects. Thank Sean. This is really, really cool. I enjoyed the multi-person panel. You know, John's so talkative. I don't know how we ever got through this. Jeez. But uh, thank you guys very much. Hey, John, thank, thank you guys, guys for having us. Hey, I, I really appreciate it, man. I say I got a, I interview uh, the IWS owner this week in Canada too, so I'll put a good word in for the rejects. Hell yeah, let's do it. Talking to Manny this week, so we'll see. Uh, put in a good word. PCP crazy F and Manny, tell him oh, to yeah. tell him to do it. Yeah, got him on for Thursday. Crazy man. We'll smoke right. a little PCP first, and then me and him will go. Jesus. <laughs> All right. It's real in a hurry. Everybody later. Sean, right, we'll see you. you uh, Sean, we'll see you, I guess, what? Next uh, week? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes, okay, man. Later. All right, guys. Yep. See you guys. Good night, guys. Thank you. Thank you.